0: what's going on everybody and welcome to the second special edition episode of the did you hear podcast villanova basketball style i'm emma houghton he's pat zhang and pat we we didn't eke it out but it seemed much closer than it needed to be over georgetown we are now five and one on the season that was a 76 to 63 win on the road against the hoyas a 13
1: point win for a game that felt anything but a 13-point win exactly. is how I would put it. That was not pretty. That first half was a disaster. I mean, the second half was was fantastic. A 43-17 Villanova outscored Georgetown in the second half. I mean, it goes kind of to your point in that Texas game about coaching. Just what Jay Wright did to be able to really ramp up the in- intensity and the adjustments he was able to make at halftime made all the difference there. But I I can't say you come out of this game feeling fantastic about them.
0: No, we both don't feel good about this, but make sure as you're, listen- as you're listening, hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Did You Hear Pod to get all of our in-game reactions on Twitter and Instagram. But something needs to change in the first half. It's becoming a trend that is not favorable where we're playing down to our opponents and even when the shots aren't falling. Like, there are going to be games where it's just not there on offense. Our defense can't look the way it did in the first half.
1: I mean, for most of the first half, Georgetown shot almost 60% from the field. That's insane. The, see, that's just unacceptable, especially for a team that's not exactly a sharpshooting team in Georgetown. It's just, it wasn't good enough. There were so many breakdowns. And yes, a part of it is that Georgetown was hot. And sometimes when teams get hot, they're just going to hit the shots. But they had way too many easy looks. They were able to do whatever they wanted inside in the first half. I mean, Wahab absolutely dominated down there. Things changed in the second half, but he just had his way underneath in the first half. 12 points for him is what he finished up with. It, obviously, they got the job done in the end. But like you said, it seemed first halves, they've come out slow multiple times this season already. And it, it's it's starting to become a trend.
0: Yeah, the one game truly where I was pleased from tip to end was the Arizona State game. And that was at the time Agreed. the 18th best team in the country. And we were down by 18 points at one point against the the two and three Hoyas at this point. But something interesting that I saw beforehand, Georgetown going into this game led the Big East in three-pointers. So first of all, that immediately made me think of Oh, my God, the difference between the teams this year versus the teams last year led by Sadiq Bay and Miles Powell and Marcus Howard and Tyshawn Alexander. So that was surprising and a little bit concerning that Georgetown is leading that category. And we've talked about how Villanova's changing their game plan to more of a two-point two game was not the case in this game. But then also the way that Wahab dominated Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the paint was the first time that I started to pump the the brakes a little bit about how well Jerry can stand up to the 6'11 big guys around the rim. His rim protection was not nearly as elite as it's been the past four games.
1: No, I I would agree with you there. What I will say with Georgetown is, like you said, they are leading the Big East in threes, but their strength of schedule has been very poor, to say the least. They did play West Virginia very tough, a nine-point loss, but other opponents are UMBC, Navy, and Coppin State. So haven't gone up against elite talent yet. Yeah, but even
0: the fact that they're putting up that many three-pointers with the talent that they have on their roster.
1: It's surprising. It it definitely is. I mean, the fact that they were even in this game and were able to extend to an 18-point lead against Villanova, you would take that as a good sign for Patrick Ewing. I mean, isn't it crazy that nine of the 16 players on his roster are newcomers this year? I don't even, in a COVID year, I have no idea how you get that going. And, you know, in the first half, they came out swinging.
0: For some reason, when Georgetown plays us, they look like an entirely different team than they do for the rest of the season. And we we had them in the last game of the regular season last year. And we barely eked out the win by one. So it's just, they, we are their rival, right? they're not our rival but when they play us that's their rivalry game so there's just something there and I'm sure especially at the beginning of this game they're thinking why not us at home I mean imagine if they had the crowd that would have been pretty lethal too but the biggest thing for me was just the intensity that we lacked at the beginning of this game
1: and the the funny thing was and I I think you mentioned it before we were even uh, before we got on air here was that You didn't even realize how much the intensity was gone until they came out in the second half pressing like crazy in Georgetown's face, running up tempo, which is really interesting, especially offensively, because Villanova is known to be one of the slower offenses in the country. They're deadly on offense, but they're not exactly a fast break team. They really turned up the heat in the second half and ran away with it. I mean, 43 second half points, Uh, on their way to that 13 point win it was a different look from nova and they kind of just overpowered georgetown in the second half
0: yeah that's exactly what it was (laughs) they are not afraid to wait out that shot clock at all that is an understatement but i think when they have the hot hand they're pressing and they're hitting some of those threes were very deep when they have that momentum, it truly doesn't seem like anyone can stop this team. That's what it felt like in the second half. And you can see how into it Caleb Daniels is. That was cool to see. He's already turning into a leader, and he's only played in six games so far. That was cool.
1: Yes, no, I, I was impressed with Daniels. And Just before we get on that, just to give you the exact number, Villanova is 268th in the country in time of pos- in average possession length. Oh meaning my that God. They, Meaning that they hold on to the ball long. 18.4 seconds is their average uh, possession length, so again, 268th. They hold on to the ball, so it was a different look in the second half, but you have to really like what you saw out of Caleb Daniels, like you said, both emotionally uh, and as well as, obviously, the performance that he put in. Daniels has been a little quiet the last couple games, has had his minutes kind of cut into a little bit, then comes out there, shoots 6 of 11 from the field. The huge thing was that he was 5 of 9 from 3, and he hit some big threes. He played good defense. He was pumping everyone up on the court. Um, it, it, you can really see with guys like Daniels, how important it is to get that red shirt year in because he's able to really get integrated into the team with that year where he just gets to practice with them. And he is just, uh, listen, we talked about on the Villanova preview uh, edition. I think he's going to be a key aspect of this team moving forward. And tonight was a huge performance with a uh, team high 18 points tied with Gillespie.
0: Yeah, and Gillespie really got it going late, too. He looked rough in the first half, which is a, a, also becoming a trend for him besides that one game. I don't remember which one it was where he was just lethal the entire game. Yes,
1: Harper, I believe maybe. that was the Virginia Tech game. Virginia he just Tech, firing yeah. firing when no one else was.
0: <laughs> exactly. But no. I was impressed. I mean, after the Texas game, we talked a lot about how good those guards were, Ramey and Matt Coleman, and how we looked lost on defense because we just couldn't keep up with how fast and how versatile their guards were with getting to the basket that wasn't the case here but what was it on defense that we just couldn't what couldn't we figure out on defense
1: the switching really was not clean in the first half it got a lot better in the second half and the the thing was it wasn't even there's no one that i look at from this game, that just had like a shocking defensive performance. Even Swider, who got taken a task a couple times in this game, it wasn't awful from him on defense. I don't think anyone really had just a just a terrible performance. The team just didn't click on defense. They weren't quick enough. Georgetown was beating them to balls, especially on the offensive boards in the first half. Funny thing is Villanova ended up out-rebounding them offensively for the game, 11-10, but it was not the, the story in the first half. It was just you know, disjointed in the first half is is the best way I can put it.
0: Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. But I was going to say the same thing about Swider. I thought he relatively held his own. He, he looks very frantic out there, but he, I think he did a much better... Arms. Yeah, he did a much better job than he did against Texas. Um, can we talk about the, the paint game?
1: Yes, because that's exactly where I wanted to go next.
0: I can't get behind the predictability of our offense. It is so easy to press up against our three-point shooters and Gillespie and Daniels and more and limit us that way, especially when nobody on the team has a hot hand. And I'm going to let you talk about Jermaine Samuels later because I know you're going to unload on him. (laughs) But Jerry is three for nine from the floor. You know he doesn't have it. There needs to be some sort of either a pick-and-roll game or him being on the block. He's big enough... Wahab wasn't excellent on defense. He wasn't shutting him down. He was better on the offensive side of the court. And the fact that there wasn't any sort of play calling in the first half, at least. Again, second half, it was masked because those three started to fall. But I need to see more of an inside game, especially if you're going to utilize Robinson Earl to the best of his abilities.
1: So what's intriguing there is that, as we've talked about these first couple games of the season, is that Villanova has been mostly a two-point team through the first half of the season, which is shocking to think about, but it's true. They have not been shooting too many threes. And
0: the fact that it's so shocking, like, this is a three-point team, point blank. That's it. Oh, yeah. So the fact that they were straying away from it was surprising. And then the fact that they went back to it so soul- wholeheartedly made me concerned because it wasn't working like it has in the past.
1: No, it, it, it was strange. I mean, looking at it, they shot 39 three-point attempts, 60 field goal attempts, which means they only shot 21 twos. But just the biggest thing on the offensive game plan that I really did not understand today and I, I just don't get is that Robinson Earl was just not a focal point down in the post. I mean, so as you said, nine field goal attempts— Four of them were from deep, and it feels like the other five were all mid-range jumpers. Mm-hmm. He was not in the post. He was not doing post moves. He was not down underneath the basket. He wasn't going in for dunks and layups like he normally was. It was strange. It was weird to not see that. I mean, when Villanova thrives, it is because they get the ball to Robinson or on the low post, and then there's movement off the ball to either find an open shooter or a cutter to the basket. That's what Villanova kills you with. It didn't happen tonight and that's weird and like you said the deficiency was kind of you know masked as you put it because they made 15 threes
0: the fact that i'm looking back over this game and thinking that eric dixon might have had more moves in the paint than jre is not encouraging and and eric dixon isn't at the point where he's making them because he's just not putting everything together he still looks strong and physical But he made more post moves that I can remember than JRE did. And that's that's not that's not what it is. No
1: and that's why listen, I think the best way to kind of characterize this game is just a weird game. Is how it feels. But I I do want to spotlight Dixon on. Impressive to see him get to the free throw line of team leading eight times.
0: He did. Uh, That was yeah. So that's the thing, he's not making it, but he's physical enough that he can draw that foul.
1: Yes, I do. I do want to kind of spotlight the bench in there and that I thought Dixon held his own uh, defensively, was able to get to the free throw line. Swider, as we said, was he did okay enough to pass on defense. And you know what? He had a, a good shooting per day, you know, 10 points, 10 crucial points to hit some big threes, a big mid range two as well shot 50% from the field. And Slater just continues to contribute. I mean, defensively, he's a stud, like straight up. He is a stud. He gets those long arms and passing lanes. He knocks the ball away. He is so tough to get by on drives. He is so good at not fouling on drives. He picked up two fouls today, but there are so many times where guys just go at him. He goes up with the arms and just gets in your way. I'm impressed by Slater. So I I, I do want to spotlight the bench in that I, I think they played well today
0: yeah once again it's the bench is important to this team they're not lighting up the box score but they are making a huge impact and can we talk about that dunk slater's dunk
1: oh the momentum shifted that was when strong. he did that oh my
0: and he's it's just funny because he's not a physically imposing guy at all from the tv on offense or defense you don't expect him to do much because he's not jerry's height and he's not wahab's you know the the specimen that Wahab is. The, uh, the one other thing I wanted to say about the offense before we go to Samuels, Con Gillespie didn't drive and kick as well as he's done in past games. And I don't know if Georgetown did not good enough job on defense where they just eliminated that option, but Con Gillespie has gotten so good. And this is Brunson. This is Brunson's effect uh, like lingering on him. Gillespie is so good at driving into the paint, drawing the defenders, and then kicking it out to a Justin Moore, a Caleb Daniels, sometimes a Jermaine Samuels, where they can hit that that open three, and that just creates more offensive versatility too, where you don't have to just rely on the catch and shoot, which is what, what, what our Achilles heels was, was in this game, because those shots just weren't falling.
1: No, agreed. So the big thing with Gillespie there is that he was good from beyond the arc, five of seven, hit some deep threes and really helped claw them back in this one when they needed it. I mean, he was a one of the main guys behind the 24, 20 to four second half run that brought things back. That and was And then huge. Nova Nova closed on a 17 to run to end the game. And that's how they won this game was those two massive, massive runs uh, in the second half. I mean, to total them both up and you have a 37 to six. Uh, with with that with a run so that is just
0: his demeanor is also so calming yeah you get a foul called he's fine he's clapping you on the back you're good like that he's really come into that in his years at Villanova too that's really good to watch
1: agreed and then one more positive to point out too from the team as well Justin Moore quietly only put in five points team team high six assists, high with Gillespie nine rebounds from Justin Moore what is that He's just, as you put it last time, he's the, he's a silent assassin. He just puts up numbers every single game, and sometimes you don't even realize it.
0: Most times, you don't even realize
1: it. <laughs> he's just such such a solid player for this program. We do um, need
0: Jerry to be pulling in more rebounds there.
1: Yes, so. w- would agree with you there. Yeah. Um, All right,
0: tell me about Samuel's.
1: Yeah, let me touch on Samuel's very quickly before we get to get to player of the game and and wrap this thing up. Jermaine Samuels uh seven points six boards for him the, the biggest thing was that he was three for ten from the field zero for five from three and just the most glaring statistic from it was that Samuels had nine first half field goal attempts that is one more than Robinson Earl and Gillespie had combined in the first half and as we talk about with offensive game plan that's unacceptable now, a part of that is, I believe, Georgetown sagged off him and wanted him to shoot because they know he is not a very good three-point shooter. And Sam, listen, if you're open, I understand Samuels going to try and take some of those shots, but it is rough right now from him from three. I mean, he is shooting 22% from three. Well, what Samuels does best, he's driving to the rim, using that athleticism. He's a good defender. He's a good rebounder, but... He cannot take nine field goal attempts in a half, and he especially cannot take nine field goal attempts if your two best players combine for eight. The,
0: the, emphasis, on, the emphasis on what you said, we're fine with him taking some shots. Some. If he's wide open, he has enough of a three-point threat to take that shot. But the fact that it's so far drastically down, the 22%, That's drastically, glaringly lower than all of his normal averages. The fact that he's leading the team in field goals in the first half is not good. And we talked about it before. He's becoming a good driver. That needs to be his biggest strength, whereas it wasn't in the past. He is good driving to the basket. Defenders are starting to think, okay, I'm going to step away and let this guy go go to the rim because that's what he can do now. He's very strong with it. So it needs to be... Maybe him and and coach sit down and figure out ways that he can drive and ways that he can create space so that he's not just throwing a shot up and at this point wasting the possession away.
1: Yeah, and you know what the thing is? It's okay if he's not going to be a, a big shooter on this team. I mean, if he just gets down low and does a job underneath the basket, grabs rebounds, like I said, a solid defender. I mean, look at the other four guys that are going to be out there with him most of the time, and Gillespie more robinson or l caleb daniels you throw cole swider out there as a fifth that those are your shooters like it's okay he doesn't have to take that role he can do he can play another role for villanova and i just i'd much rather see him evolve and play to his strengths rather than continue to try this because it it really hurts the team offensively
0: yeah we do not need jermaine samuels to take on the offensive pressure on this team there are four or five other very capable offensive talents that can do that and the thing that honestly surprised me a little bit was that his minutes suffered because of it because of his first half play Jermaine Samuels only had 26 minutes uh Caleb Daniels had 25 Cole Swider had 21 you don't see that very often Jay just completely turning away from Jermaine Samuels and I didn't hear anything about the finger this week did you
1: no, I didn't see anything either.
0: Yeah, I don't see that factoring in anything. It was just that Jermaine Daniels was not getting things done on offense, and Caleb Daniels and Cole Swider were.
1: Yes, I, I agree, and I think Jay kind of split those minutes up between the bench there, seeing with Swader with 21, Slater with 17. And listen, Dixon, he played eight in a, in a game that was close most of the way through so that's a I think that's kind of where you saw the minutes go and just have to make sure I bring up right here before we we start to close things out that Georgetown only scored 17 second half points so as much as a disaster that that first half was allowing 46 Villanova really clamped down in the second half and put out a incredibly strong performance
0: we looked like a top five team in the country in the second half I'm confident yeah things
1: just completely flipped I was also
0: impressed that Dixon played those minutes in a close game. Yep. Listen,
1: I think that only is a good sign because Jay will not play these guys if he does not trust them. Exactly. We've seen that over the years. So that means that he he likes the way that Dixon is progressing. But very quickly then, who is your player of the game?
0: Villanova side, it's Daniels. And as important as the 18 points and the 5 for 9 from 3 were, it was the intensity that he brought on both ends of the court. On Georgetown's side, Jamarco Pickett led the Big East in rebounding last year. He had 10. If he can get some offensive help from his teammates, I think that makes Georgetown a better team. But all in all, this is another scrap season for the Hoyas.
1: Yeah, I happen to agree with you that I think this is going to be a dogfight to be able to for Georgetown to finish anywhere other than 11th in the Big East this year. And no fun on this one because we agree on both. I think Caleb Daniels is absolutely the player of the game for Villanova. Hit some massive shots down the stretch there for the Wildcats and then have to go with Pickett as well for Georgetown. And a disappointing performance from Javon Blair uh, from the Hoyas. A, a good player for them, averaging 20 points per game so far this season was only 5 of 11, finished with 11 points. So, but listen, when it's all all said and done villanova's five and one and getting ready for another conference game next week
0: as as much crap as we've given them they've won their ninth straight big east conference opener so they're pretty calm they're pretty comfortable in this position and we're one and oh in the conference we're five and one overall we're ninth in the country i feel pretty good
1: and in this weird weird season they still haven't played a home game yeah they're sitting there five and one so really it's things are okay
0: <laughs> yeah so so we'll be back here we have a big week this upcoming week
1: definitely yeah so we we are very excited for this week we have a special guest interview hopefully hopefully dropping on Wednesday if not it will be coming soon uh another Villanova special episode dropping Wednesday night as well Virginia game coming up next weekend. So some some really exciting content here from Did You Hear. Uh, Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Did You Hear Pod. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. Let us know what you think. Emma, that's a wrap. Go Cats! Go Cats!